The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard and Howard Griffin. All right, welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, the lovely Howard Griffith with the booming voice. What's going on, Howard? Man, I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, you know what? Great. Uh, big rivalry weekend here in the state of Michigan. But yesterday it came out, the Big Ten schedules came out, and, and it was, you know, on your network. It was weird because I didn't realize the schedule was basically the same schedule from the year 2017. Um, a lot of creativity going on there, Howard. Like, it, that was like, did you guys know that? Was that just random? Was it happenstance? How did it end up being the exact schedule from, you know, what, six years ago? Yeah, you know, on the other side of it, to add to that, you know, the conference also came out and, you know, talked about trying to make some repairs to the schedule. Uh, some inadequacies that were that happened maybe a couple of years ago, and they were trying to to work those into it. But I think they're just trying to you know ultimately get these games out there. But you know what was interesting to me was when you you know normally we are we have a lot of really really good non conference games. Mm-hmm. Next year, hmm, not so much. <laughs> Outside of really right Ohio State and Notre Dame, you don't know what Notre Dame is going to be like next year. But right. Uh, you know, other than that, you, you don't really have them. And then, you know, obviously Penn State, you know, if you were on the message boards or on Twitter, Penn State fans and also their athletic director wasn't was, wasn't too happy that uh, they have to open on the road once again. What is the, what is uh, the deal with that? Year? I mean, seriously, does Penn State owe the Big Ten money or something? Is the credit bad? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure what's happening there, but they're not doing them any favors, and you know they're going to have to travel to Illinois and, and play those guys week, uh, yeah. week two, the first Big Ten game they have. So Howard, isn't this like know. the fourth fourth year in a row that they've had to start out on the road? It, it yeah. was funny at first, but now you start to feel bad. Like, okay, is there something going on here that we don't know? Why, what, why are we punishing Penn State? Like, did the check bounce? <laughs> You know, it's interesting, you know, you think about Nebraska for a while there, Nebraska wasn't getting any favors either. I don't know if they got any. I mean, they used to line up against Ohio State, Michigan, <laughs> Michigan State in some of their crossovers. But, right. You know, it, it's one of those things, man. They, they've got to figure it out. Um, but I think a lot of there's a lot of efforts probably going into what's going to happen in 2024 is, you know, when we expect uh, – SC and UCLA to uh, be on the schedule. Yeah, that that's when, because I was, I, I did kind of have my fingers crossed for a little bit thinking, okay, maybe it's going to be a big surprise. Hey, guess what? USC, UCLA are part of the mix. Mm-hmm. But you're right, they didn't. But yeah, the non-conference, man, the, the league is it's, it's a little bit embarrassing because you really don't have anything. I mean, maybe... You never know. Maryland and Virginia could. I mean, think about it. We're talking Maryland, Virginia is going to be a marquee non-conference game. Yeah. Hoping yeah. that they bring something, you know, a little bit of a backyard rivalry type thing. I think MSU gets Washington at home yeah. to can kind of do that one. But, yeah, you're right. See, because here's what I would do. Okay, guys, if you're not going to play a good non-conference schedule, then bump some of the Big Ten games up so that – you could at least see some it, – it's just not, you know what, uh, it's got to be difficult for you guys at, at the BTN, you know, in week two, when you pretty much know 14 teams in the Big Ten are all going to win their games 
and then you got to try to rank them at the end when you guys got to say that one thing about each team. Right. Yeah, you know, they uh, – now you're nitpicking. Well, you know, they did have three false starts. They did this. They did <laughs> right. You can't right. really – There was that uh, penalty in the uh, fourth <laughs> quarter with two minutes left. They right. got to really work on that, get that turned around. Right. It's like yeah. I, if I'm the Big Ten, it's like, guys, if you're not going to play any big-time games, then move some of the games up. You don't have to start with three non-conferences. I – I kind of like it when, like, Penn State and Purdue played earlier this year. And in, mm-hmm. in, in, what was it, week zero? I don't know why it's called week zero because it's really week that's a whole nother, That's a whole nother disaster. Don't, don't even why get me started. week zero? Right. Who came up with week zero? Right. Uh, well, it's just me at all. I'm still confused. Me it. too. I mean, it used to be that Notre Dame was the only team they would play a game before the rest of the schedule. But, like, if there's a bunch of games, that is now week one, and everybody yeah. starts in week Two, you know, I don't don't even get me started. But yeah, we'll, we'll spend a whole hour on that, <laughs> right? But yeah, if you know what, I like it when you at least come out the gate because okay, that's Big Ten versus Big Ten. So if you're not yeah. going to get, you know, uh, Ohio State taking on, you know, Miami or Michigan taking on LSU, then give me something to look forward to because unfortunately, this season. College football, to me, didn't really kick in until maybe week three or week four because that's mm-hmm. when you had teams at least facing a power five opponent and not just, you know, some directional school in the state yeah. where you knew that the backups would be in by halftime. Yeah, it's one of those tricky things, right? You know, schedules are, are being you know, made so many, you know, some 15 years out. They're, they're announcing a home-and-home home series. I'm like, well, what's the point of that? I mean, who who knows? I mean, who's coaching this team? Who, yeah. What are we doing here? You know what I well, always say when people are like, right, when they get all excited, like, oh, but, you know, we're going to be playing Alabama. I think, what is it? Is it, is it Wisconsin's playing? Yeah, Somebody's playing. Wisconsin. And I simply said this. You do realize that the Alabama and Wisconsin starting quarterbacks are probably in the second grade right now. <laughs> when you look at it like that, it yeah. seems ridiculous. But right. it's true. Their starting QBs are in the second and third grade. So you can't get excited. Heck, at this point, you don't even know if you're going to be sitting in a regular seat over in the handicap section or still alive at this point. Right. Talking about I can't wait, I can't wait for that matchup. Right. I'm hoping to be alive when the matchup happens. The pandemic did a lot of good things, a lot of bad things, and it sucked. But it showed the ability to adjust and schedule on the fly. No doubt. I don't know why all of a sudden we're going to act like that can't happen again, but I, I I like the fact of I've often said in college football, you shouldn't have a schedule set up, Howard, anything past two years. I'll allow a home and a home, but that's it. Other than week three, I mean, year three and year four, that's still undetermined. We're going to figure that out. But I'm never going to go out because this way you could at least kind of schedule teams. Okay, you know what would be a good team to play? They're up and coming. We're up and coming. Let's play this team. Let's play that team. Now, it's going to be difficult for teams like Alabama because then somebody, let's face it, nobody's going to want to play them, period. Right. But for the majority of the schools, I like, let's just schedule the home and home. At yeah. the max, you schedule four years out. That at least means that your freshmen, you know what, you're, 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 you're planning it out to their senior year. But yeah. 10, 12, 15 years from now, 
And then you, it's just going to end up getting canceled anyway. I mean, I right, know exactly. here. That's what's going to happen. They're, yeah. they're going to cancel them because the schedule, you know, these super conferences will, will be in full swing by then. And you'll be playing all these uh, in-conference games and you won't want to play those non-conference, uh, you know, big time games anyway. So the thing is going to be a moving target uh, until I think expansion finally settles down. And I don't see that happening uh, anytime soon. No, no, I mean, yeah, because you already had tech. I mean, the SEC told Texas and Oklahoma, yeah, you're, you're not playing those games. You can go ahead and ditch those. And yeah, with the conference expansion, what was deemed, you know, if, if let's just say Illinois was going to play Oregon, that may just be a conference game at that point. So, uh, but we do, I, I, I do have to give it up because there is one more non-conference game to start the year off. And, they get to technically start at home, and it will be Penn State and West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I like that. That's normally with they played a couple games with Maryland. Ended yeah. up being some good games. So I, I I like it when teams in the same region can kind of start off with each other. So I, I I want more games like that, and I don't know why college. I mean, is is it a coaching thing? Is it an athletic department thing? Is it an AD thing? Why are teams so afraid just to play somebody good? In a non-conference, yeah. or I mean, we've seen we've seen schools also be able to you know turn around and change directions and go play um, you know a, a different school, right? Even though you may not have the room on the schedule, you watch Notre Dame turn around and they're playing Tennessee State, right? Which you know with Eddie George and you know Marcus Freeman, you know an Ohio State connection from that perspective. But so you see you see institutions being able to make moves like that. But, you know, you know, sometimes they just don't want to go play those marquee games. And listen, the coaches are going to tell you all day long, like, ah, I pass. Yeah. Depending upon what team I, what type of team I have, whether I have a veteran team or, or, a, or a, a young team that's developing. I mean, look at Michigan last year. I mean, the schedule set up perfect for them last year. I think, again, the schedule set up perfect for them this year as they made the transition with coordinators and a, a new quarterback. So, you know, it, it just depends upon what side you want to be on. And yeah, I mean, but even to this day, but how right by, now, by perfect? What does that mean? No, no challenge. Is that so? It it helps you in developing your players because you you don't really get to go up against somebody that can beat. See, I I'm always I've been under the understanding if you play somebody that can challenge you and that can beat you, you're gonna learn a lot more about your team rather than just playing. Let's just a bunch of cupcakes because what do you know? You know yeah, that you and think fair. you're good. But if you're breaking in a new quarterback, would you rather him, you know, be able to to to, to grow no, throughout the, you know, that non-conference schedule? I mean, you look at JJ, I mean, he's continuing to grow. Has he made mistakes? Sure, he has, but he's been able to grow and he as opposed to having to open up against, okay, let's say Alabama. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, he gets, he, I'm not saying it happens, but he may get beat up in that game. Now all of a sudden his confidence is shot and now you're trying to figure out how to, you know, get him back. But the way the schedule set up for them, you know, to me, it's set up perfect for a new starting quarterback for a new play caller on the offensive side and the defensive side where they were able to gain momentum. To me, it happened with Michigan last year when they didn't have to throw the ball early. They just ran it. It wasn't right. because they couldn't throw it. They just didn't have to, so they didn't really, you know, show that part of the game. And then once the season got further into it and they needed to throw it, they proved that they could do that. So sometimes the schedule sets up nicely. Like, again, it just depends upon what type of team you have, 
what type of veteran teams did you have uh, coming back? No, I mean, it's true. I mean, the flip side to that, I think it was Quinn Ewers, former Ohio State quarterback, played for Texas. Until he got hurt, man, he was having this coming out party against Alabama. It was just like, whoa, uh-huh. this guy's yeah. the real deal because you couldn't say, well, that's North Texas. And that's Alabama. And mm-hmm. he was lighting. And we then found out that Alabama's that secondary secondary is not that good. But you're right. If if you're breaking in a new QB, if you're breaking in a new offensive or defensive coordinator, these are probably the types of games that you want. But I, I just think that. You know, the Big Ten is either either you put Big Ten games to start the year off, and, and if you're going to play those other games, play them later. I just think for the from the fan perspective, it's just yeah. – it's it's disingenuous. You, you're almost yeah. cheating them because you don't get discounted seats. You don't get yeah. discounted parking. The hot dogs is still six bucks. Like, everything yeah. is still full price, and it's, it's just not fair to me because you're not giving them a quality product. It's like – yeah, you know, it's, you know, you love your team, right? Well, just come on out here and trust us on this. Just enjoy this game, even though you know that you're going to end up going home by halftime. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, but that's that's where we are right now, right? Yeah. And, and they're fortunate if they're even showing up because, you know, they probably just get the game on television and have a better experience at home. So, you know, I think that's the battle that, that, that institutions are having to face by, you know, what type of product that they're putting out on the field. And to ensure, um, you know, that people are going to, you know, pack the stands no matter who's out there. And not everybody, you know, in the Big Ten or throughout the country, that when the stadium opens up, you can assure yourself that it's going to be a sellout or, or really close to it. Um, there are just not look, that many programs. That we're looking at you, Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're talking to you, Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. So, sometimes <laughs> that's, that's what happens, right? Unless you're playing a marquee opponent, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to fill your stands, and again, that's just the uh, the dilemma athletic departments find themselves in uh, each and every year. Yeah. All right, Howard. Let's talk about the games coming up. Really, the two big marquee games in the Big Ten at noon: Penn State hosting Ohio State, and then that evening, Michigan hosting Michigan State. In either one of these games, Howard. Is there a chance that either Penn State or Michigan State can really upset the apple cart of college football, or are we just on a collision course, Ohio State-Michigan, at the end of the year? So the, the answer is obviously yes. There, there is a chance. Uh, the question is, do, does either team have the ability to make it happen, right? You're talking about Penn State. For me, it's, you know, if Ohio State decides they want to play big boy football, can Penn State's defense bow up and, and, and do it and be physical? We, we saw them against Michigan. It didn't work out so well for them. We saw them against Auburn, talking about Penn State's defense. We saw them against Auburn, and they looked like they were the fastest things out there. I mean, they had linebackers running all over the place. We know the secondary at Penn State is an elite-level secondary, but are they going to have enough time uh, to be able to cover those receivers? That means the defensive line for Penn State's got to get – Got to get to CJ. And what we saw with Ohio State versus uh, Iowa last week was, you know, that offensive line struggled a little bit in some four-man protections when Iowa was running some stunts. And, and you notice the Iowa team, you know, forced them to kick some field goals as opposed right. to score touchdowns. So, you know, I, I think Penn State has to have those explosive plays offensively. 
They have to be able, I think, to take obviously take the football away on the defensive side and get some special teams plays. I think you look at Michigan State, you look at the success that they've been able to have over Michigan, part of it, not all of it, because obviously Michigan State's out there playing, but part of it is Michigan screwing it up, uh, giving up a big play or a special teams play here and there and not being able to put the football game away. And that gives Michigan State all the opportunities in the world but then you're, you're, you're looking at them, you're like, well, are they going to have to sell the farm to, to try to put as much pressure on J.J. as they can? If they do that, I mean, what happens? Is Jay gonna, J.J. going to be able to you know, find an open receiver? Are they going to be able to handle Blake Corum? And then when Blake Corum's out, are they going to be able to handle Edwards when they shift Edwards out and, uh, into a receiver position and now a linebacker has to try to cover so the short answer is yes, they both have opportunities to make it, to create the upset and, and make the upset happen. But to me, they have to play flawless football. Both Michigan State and Penn State have to be flawless. Yeah, because I was going to say, show us they can do it. Maybe I should clarify that. Is it like, do you have a chance at like winning the Powerball chance, or you see the pretty girl at the club chance and you shoot your shot chance? Like, <laughs> I think they probably got a chance of shooting the shot. Chance. Okay. Okay. That's probably the shot they have, right? Because okay. um, I agree with you. I mean, especially when it comes to Michigan State, I, I think that for them, they're going to need to capitalize on every turnover, and they're going to have to go up and hit a lot of big plays. That's been their success, really, when yeah. you look at it, uh, the 50-50 balls. They've gone mm -hmm. up there, and they've caught a lot of them, whether it was, you know, Jaden Reed last year, Ricky White the year before. Like, they, they'll just say, forget it, we're throwing it deep, and let's see if these corners – can stop them, and they have not done that. Yeah. I also look at, you know, it, it's still, it's funny in this state, I don't know how big it is nationwide, but, man, a lot of things still come back to something that the now current Michigan running back coach had to say. <laughs> Howard, ever since he uttered that phrase, those two little words, uh -huh. the series has flipped. Yeah. I think it's now 10-4 and four that Michigan State has won. They've won games where they probably should not have won. They've won games with lesser talent. Yep. You got to, I mean, as a former player, how much does the other team trash talking you and, and hate? Because I've often thought, like, is this something that you, you talk about during the week, but then you forget about during the game? Or does it stick around with you? Because even after the game last year, we were in the post-game locker room, and, and I just happened to be standing there. Xavier Henderson, Michigan State safety, goes off, and he has a laundry list. He just breaks it out. You know what? Uh, Taylor Lewan and, and and this guy and Braylon Edwards, and you said this. It's like, do you guys really internalize that stuff? Yeah, I think so, particularly in, in this type of rivalry. Uh, and, and I never at the college level played in this type of rivalry um, or had the chance to because, I mean, the, the hatred runs deep. It, it's unbelievable how, how deep it runs. And, you know, we were talking uh, earlier in the week uh, over at the network. I mean, you still have in your head Kirk Cousins talking about forever we can walk the streets. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and, and that is internalized. And I think part of it is, yes, Mike Hart, what Mike Hart had to say, but I think it also is something that Mark D'Antonio has instilled. And I think, you know, he did some great things at Michigan State, 
But I think one of the things that will continue to, to really stand out for me is how much passion he put into the rivalry. Because for a while, Michigan didn't have it going. They, they didn't have that thing going over there like they have it going now. And Michigan State had it cooking. And they were rolling. And they would play uh, the chip on the shoulder card all the time. And, and Coach D'Antonio did a tremendous job. And that's what happens when, to me, when the players internalize what's happening from the front of the room. I talk about that a lot. You can always tell uh, what, what the head coach is saying mm -hmm. and what the, what the players say in, in during the week, post-game, that always happens. Uh, that comes out. And, and you know how important uh, this game is. And, you know, you can – your Michigan State, I mean, people are looking at the season a little bit different if, if yeah. you're able to knock them off once again. So that's the importance. I'd say this, though. The problem, or one of the things that we, we're watching happen with Ohio State and Michigan right now, mm -hmm. the separation is continuing. Yeah, there was a point where I thought things were getting closer from Penn State's perspective, from Michigan State's perspective. That that's not the case right now. Michigan has clearly separated themselves. Ohio State was already there. I think Michigan is getting closer to Ohio State now, but the the difference between two and three and four ha has gotten wider. And I think we'll continue to, uh, unless, you know, the, obviously the recruiting, you gotta keep doing that, but you gotta be able to win uh, some of these big games and you need a quarterback to me that can make those plays and, and really stress defenses uh, to be able to make that jump and also the roster top yeah. to bottom. Yes, because I think that you're right. It's a catch 22 because those two teams separated themselves because, Howard, I, I think the rest of the Big Ten has kind of failed them. Like, I, I can't recall the last time that the Big Ten was really so – I mean, this reminds me of the stuff that you read about as a kid when it was the Big Two and Little Eight, when it was just, you know, Bo and Woody and everybody else, and, and you just waited for the, the final game of the season because no one else stood a chance. And you're right. Normally you have a couple of other teams where that can really do something, but this year – I mean, you look at Michigan's schedule and Ohio State's schedule, and their strength of schedule, I think, is like 120th and 122. Like, right. it's not their fault. They're showing up. The rest of the conference is not. And it's like, guys, you got to help us out here because in the end, people are going to say the Big Ten is weak when, you know, we, we just want to go to and, 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 you know, have pride in the conference. So I agree with you that the Michigan States and the Penn States have not stepped up. They have not had their part of the deal. I mean, even last year, uh, even though, you know, Michigan State got blown out by Ohio State, they at least helped the Big Ten. They went to a New Year's Six game. You know, it helped. But this year, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't see it at all. And, yeah, you're yeah. right, man. They, those two teams, they, they are separating themselves. But I, but I do laugh. Because, yeah, I often tell people, because they're like, well, you know, well, what do you think the, is going to happen at the game? And I said, well, for Michigan, Michigan State, I, I think it's going to be a lot closer than what Las yeah. Vegas is saying. And they're like, well, why do you say that? I'm like, because every year except for one. 2019 was the only year Michigan went in there. I think the final score was 44 to 10. And it was just a beatdown. It was a beatdown from the opening kickoff. Michigan State never showed a chance. Harbaugh, I mean, Michigan ran a trick play. at the, I think Shake Patterson ran a trick play. And I'm like, you know what? It's a rivalry game. I'm not mad. You do you, man. You want to run, yeah. run up the score, run up the score. But other than that, 
it's always been a game where either Michigan State flat out won or Michigan couldn't cover. I was like, look, I would say maybe a 10-point game. I can't see 23 points, Howard, because as I said, Vegas, you you can't quantify hate. And when I look at Penn State and Ohio State, for some reason, I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. And Happy Valley, or even in Columbus, Penn State plays Ohio State tough. It's yep. that's their team. When Ohio for Ohio State, it's got to be like going and getting a root canal. You just happy when this thing is over because yeah. you know it won't be pretty. Yeah, Ur- Urban's talked a lot about having to to go into uh, Penn State in a whiteout situation and just how difficult that place is to play in. But it's no question about it when that hatred is there. Uh, it's one of those things that happens. But, you know, it's interesting. We talked about the separation, obviously, in the East, where I think it's happening. How about over in the West, where the traditional guys like Iowa, Wisconsin, you know, have and have kind of faded. Now, all of a sudden, you see Illinois with an opportunity to in the driver's seat to go to the Big Ten championship game. They obviously have to take care of business with Purdue, and they've got to play Michigan as well. But... You know, one of the things we're seeing over there is you're, you're seeing the way people used to run football programs, right? And yeah. I think you look at Wisconsin, you look at Iowa, they run programs similarly. They, they've never gotten into the back offices. Uh, they're, they're not heavily necessarily into NIL, um, you know, the, all the, the portal and those different things that are happening and the recruiting. And then all of a sudden you see a guy like Brett Bielema who has seen it all, right? Mm-hmm. He's been in a Big Ten conference, has had success. Right. But to me, where he had a chance to grow was when he went down to the SEC and things didn't work out the way he necessarily wanted to. But he saw how the SEC was doing business yeah. from a recruiting standpoint, from how many people you're going to have working in your back office to try to compete, uh, whether it's graphics, whether it's recruiting, whether it's the portal. That's what he's doing, and that's why I think one of the reasons you're starting to see a shift in what's happening over in the West, um, you know, because Brett's got this thing going. So if he gets, you know, a few more players, I mean, it's going to be tough to keep up with. You had Northwestern, who's been to the championship. They, who has an unbelievable facility, but again, a small back office. They only can recruit or are recruiting a certain uh, type of player. Got to have that GPA. Get, <laughs> yeah, it's going to get admitted. But just because you know you need to have a certain GPA, you need to do certain things a certain way, doesn't mean you can't be aggressively recruiting all over the country. And I know they do a recruiting job all over, and they do that. But I still think that the challenge is what we're looking at, particularly in the West. You're looking at programs in Northwestern, Iowa, and Wisconsin who are doing things the way they historically have done them. And you're watching a team like Illinois do things the way the Ohio States, right. the way Michigan's are doing them, the way your top programs throughout the country are doing them from the back office. Now, they're not getting the players that those guys are yet, but I know what they're doing on the back end to try to get there. And to me, that's where the biggest change in who's controlling the West is right now. Now, Howard, because I often thought that Illinois and Minnesota, man, if, if these teams ever got a quarterback, they could be do really well. And, and and I think this is now going to be a philosophical question I'm going to ask you, no right or no wrong, but if I was a head coach in the Big Ten, if I was just a head coach in college football, I don't know if I'm going to recruit a quarterback. I think I would rather almost shop, see who's good at another school, a smaller school, 
and try to entice that kid to come here. So I look at the best QB in a group of five schools and say, okay, son, you're lighting it up at Central Michigan. Okay, uh, you're doing you're doing big things at Northern Illinois, but why don't mm-hmm. you come to my school and you'll be uh, the guy rather than, you know, because it's almost like a divorce. 50% mm-hmm. of the top 20 quarterbacks out of high school are ended yeah. up transferring anyway. So mm-hmm. why would I waste my resources and time? Because recruiting a quarterback is like recruiting a diva. You know what? I'm not. I'll take some guy just so I can have one. Mm-hmm. But I, if it were me, I would focus more on the portal and trying to get a kid who was just a late bloomer to come to my school as a sophomore, a redshirt freshman or sophomore, and just kind of take over the program that way. I mean, I know it's a high risk, but it just seems a lot easier because if you got a QB, you can go a lot further in college football. Well, you only need to look at DeVito from Illinois, and how about Michael Penix out of Washington? Right. He's lighting it up, right? But but what you have here is you have players who have played college football, whether they've had injuries, whether they got buried on the depth chart, but have been productive players uh, when they've had that opportunity. So you're right. If you can go, if you can go into the, and that's what the portal really is all about. Right. Be able to go in and, and 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 get that hired gun, quote unquote, to come in and help your program. And maybe if you're not one of the elite programs, that may be the best strategy because, you know, Urban Meyer told me, you know, a long time when he first got into the conference, right. And I was asking him about how he recruits quarterbacks. And he says the challenge with recruiting the best of the best, those top elite guys, that if you're not in on them early, meaning the end of their freshman years, beginning of their sophomore year, you don't have a chance. And his example was, I wanted Deshaun Watson, but I couldn't get him too late, right? I couldn't, I wasn't trying to get in until late. Yeah. And he ended up not having a shot at right? So those are the kind of things that happen because these relationships have already started. So you're you're not able to to wait to the last minute. The way you might be able to hold a scholarship and think, okay, I'm going to go get this guy right now because of who we are. I'm going to be able to bring him in. These relationships run deep, particularly at that quarterback position. And if you haven't identified that that individual, if you don't have what we call that champion that's, that that knows him, that that uh, that you have a relationship with, that can help you know nurture that relationship, it becomes difficult to do. And that's why I think you you see these quarterbacks they move around and move right. around quickly, and they go to a new new spot and they have all kind of success. How about Levitt at, at Kentucky, right? Yeah, that dude's turned into a, you know one of the top two, three quarterbacks in in this upcoming draft, and he was buried at Penn State. Right, so, right, it's like, right. You, you look at that because I, I'm like, okay, could you imagine if you know Penn State with their because they'll be sophomore running backs next year, or Iowa who always has a great defense. You go out and you go bring in Kay McNamara, who mm-hmm. is just sitting this year. He'll have two, still two years of eligibility left. He's played. He's won a Big Ten. Yes. You add him to your roster, instant success. Like, instant. to me, no I, that's what I would do. I, I wouldn't even bother going after the kids in ninth grade. I could spend that time trying to build up an offensive line, a defensive line, have a ready-made team, and then just scoop in there and say, hey, son, you know what? You're buried on Alabama's depth chart, or you're buried on this team's depth chart. You come here, 
you're my guy from day one. That's just me. That's what I would do. And, and, and to me, it goes back to the recruiting process, right? So you're recruiting a kid. Maybe you come in second, third, third uh, uh, choice. But you know what? You're not getting all upset with that with that kid or that head coach, uh, high school coach. Matter of fact, you're saying, hey, good luck. We're always going to be here. Right. But I have to believe. I mean, it's just it, it's just what goes on because relationships, the, re <laughs> the whole recruiting process is nothing but a large relationship that you're creating between people that, you know, they're not coaches that continue to reach out every now and then because they're talking, they may be recruiting a kid at a school uh, now that's a junior mm -hmm. that they were really recruiting hard. They were recruiting another kid that chose another place his senior year and he went off somewhere else. And now he's not happy And the high school coach is saying, well, yeah, you know, daddy's not real happy where he is right now. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Well, you know what? If he goes into the portal, maybe we'll have a shot at him. Howard, it's funny. I've talked to multiple coaches, high school and college, and they've all said that's a real thing of what you're saying where it's, you know what? Hey, good luck. It's like it's a relationship. I hope you two are doing great. Here's my card. If things mm -hmm. go well, if you guys start fighting too much, give me a call. I'll pick you up at the bus station, and I'll find you someplace safe to hang out. Because that's what it really is, where the high school coaches are kind of being the broker, like, hey, you guys still interested in, in that quarterback? Because I don't think things are going to work out for this guy in, in, in you know, Arizona. Or they're not going to work out for this guy at Boise State. He may want to come back home. I, I, that's I would I would do quarterback recruiting so much differently because I watch. That's happening, man. Because I'm gonna tell you the the truly best of the best recruiters throughout college football always have a great relationship with players, regardless of whether they chose the school or not. Um, the the relationship and the bonds that have happened or that were created because they were recruiting this young this young person. Um, you know, for two, three years in some cases, those things don't go away. Right. They, they don't go away if there's a genuine bond there. So there's always going to be that opportunity for, you know, those two to uh, reconnect somewhere if something isn't going quite the way they, they would have liked it to. No, I agree, man. Howard, anything you want to add before we wrap this session up? No, I'm, I'm excited about this weekend. I, I really am. You know, this is a, you know, obviously we talked about the Michigan State game. That's going to be huge, but it's also going to be a chance. This could be a huge statement game for Michigan um, because, you know, up until this point, you know, they people, I think, outside know the Michigan State where they are right now as far as the program. They're still growing and success, the success that they had last year. But I think everyone's still kind of waiting and seeing, well, Michigan, we know they're good. We know they're good. Is this going to be a week where they maybe stumble because they're looking ahead? I don't necessarily believe that. I think Ohio State the same way. An opportunity for them. This is the only team around that can go score 50-plus points and people be upset because they kick field goals in the first half instead of score touchdowns. So it's just opportunities that are out there. And, again, you know, it's an Illinois game. Uh, Illinois-Nebraska is going to be really fascinating because Nebraska is playing better. They're looking better. Um, is Illinois going to be you know, patting themselves on the back, telling them how good they are right. because they, they, they can see the finish line? Uh, in front of them with a chance to, to represent the West. So I think it's going to be a continuing, uh, continuing opportunity to see some teams really uh, take that next step to whether or not, you know, they can make the college football playoffs this year. All right. So Howard on Saturday night, 
when you guys do your 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 Big Ten wrap up. Uh huh. Those three games, you're sitting there looking at Jerry, and you're saying, "I can't believe this team pulled off the upset and actually won." Of the uh-huh. three games you just mentioned, which one do you think has the most likely chance of that happening? I would have to go Nebraska. I really would, because um, they they've got players, Trey Potts, uh, the wide receiver. Let me tell you. He's going to be open against Illinois. It ain't a doubt in my mind. (laughs) The question is, will he have enough time? uh, Will the quarterback have enough, Casey Thompson have enough time to find him? Because Illinois gets after the quarterback uh, as far as the sacks are concerned, the hurries, they get to the quarterback. So to me, that's the more likely scenario. And if Illinois is not prepared and looking past uh, Nebraska, that's the game I think that's going to happen. The other two... You know, I, I know that Mel's going to have his guys ready to play, but I think Jim Harbaugh is is really, I think, to me personally, I think he's elevated his coaching over the last, you know, year or so, two years, because he's he's able to press the right buttons. He's getting the right people in to you know what? let his guys I, coach. I, you know what? Exactly. I think he went became a CEO. And I'm going to let you run my offense. You're going to run my defense. Mm-hmm. I'll get the final say. So I think it was a lot of meddling in years past where you're like, well, you know, because you could kind of see it like, well, coach, that's Ooh. not what we practice all week. Mm-hmm. What are we doing in the game? Like, I thought I was here to run this team where it seems like the past two years, especially on defense, he's yeah. had two different de- defensive coordinators. And honestly, I, I, I'm, I don't even think he walks into the meetings. He just fully trusts. You're going to stop these, this other team, and I don't need to worry about it. Which is significant. And I mean, you look at, you know, Josh Gaddis, you know, to me, once they stop meddling and let him do his thing, and uh, they got Coach Moore in there to, to, to run the, the offensive line, team took off. Yeah. It, it, it took off. So, you know, you got to let these guys coach. But to me, going back to the original question, I think Nebraska has probably the best shot uh, at the upset. All right, Howard, appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for watching the show. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure you keep subscribing. Keep telling your friends so, you know, Howard and I can make a little something on the side. There we go. All All right, right, buddy. Have a great weekend. All right, you too, Howard. Talk to you next week.